Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure today to give you a couple surprises. We have a guest host today, and that guest host will introduce our guest of the day and the topic of the day. But I want to welcome our guest host, Jess Kleck. Welcome, Jess. Thank you, Jeremy. Formal way to describe you as the VP of Enterprise Sales and co-chair of the Women's Integrated Network. I work with her here at SalesLoft. But I'm going to hand it over to Jess to introduce our amazing guest and the topic for the day. Jess, take it away. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to my incredible guest, Ange McManaman. Ange is the global head of sales at Notel. And for those of you who don't know, Notel is the world's leading flexible workspace provider that matches, tailors, and manages space for customers. Welcome, Ange, to the Hey, Salespeople podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited. Today's theme is, as I said, an extremely timely one. Today, we will be discussing how to maintain productivity and culture when highly unexpected business disruptions happen, such as coronavirus. But first, before we get started, Ange, I'd love to start out how Jeremy typically starts out the podcast, which is by asking, what is your favorite sales book and what have you learned from it? Sales EQ by Jeb Blunt. I really enjoyed because it kind of goes back to basics. It's really kind of bringing it all back as far as sales methodologies and kind of being a sales, emotional, intelligent rock star. And so there's this one part in there talks about the four pillars of an emotional, intelligent salesperson, one being empathy, two being self-awareness, three being self-control. And then fourth, which is my favorite is sales drive. And so to me, that really hits home because it kind of, brings in the, you know, that grit, that mental toughness of salesperson that I tend to really want to lead. Getting back to basics is super important, especially when so many organizations are kind of taking a step back with work from home. And so I want to begin by asking, how has your organization been impacted by the coronavirus? Yeah, so we have a voluntary work from home. Not everybody's doing it, but a large majority of the people are. And so in our world, we kind of have to be client-facing and showing our space and touring availabilities. And so, yeah, so it's transition time for sure. It's different when you have an inside sales team and with all the tools that we have now, you could do it work from home, right? We can go into a little bit more of how us leaders you know, keep the team motivated and kind of keep the culture going. But I think, you know, when you have an outside sales team, it's hopefully already been established. There's a big form of trust. You know, I have to trust the AEs, I have to trust the sales team, but they also have to trust me. And I think this is a big theme as we kind of all go remote now. I cannot agree more. I think trust is so super important. And I want to kind of double click on that and talk more about what the culture at Notel is like and how are you guys trying to maintain that culture through the trust of allowing your employees to work from home? We have great values. And I think, you know, for any company, when you have a team that starting from the top emulates your values and it trickles down to making sure that every single person feels it. And so I think for me personally, it's finding the right cadence of meetings and touch points with the team. Starting something new 
and getting kind of the buy-in from the reps, right? And this is with any new transition or rollout. I think, you know, talking to some of your leaders on the team and figuring out, okay, how can we kind of make this week, you know, change it up and make sure we're all being held accountable and we're kind of all feeling, all right, well, this is different, but let's, you know, still have that team vibe. A daily scrum. What I like to do is say, all right, preferably in the morning, let's all get on a 15 to 20 minute call. And again, depending on the time zone of the teams that you're managing. And let's talk about what we're going to accomplish today, you know, and anything from yesterday or the last couple of days that are blockers, how can we all help and collaborate? And so that's kind of like the daily check-in. Again, it can be used for high-performing teams or when you're kind of like, all right, this is the end of the quarter. We need to kind of really start rocking this activity and really talking about how we're going to get to that goal. And so I love that. You can do it on Slack as well. I think like a 15 to 20 minute call, making sure people kind of talk through their day and then getting right back on it the next day and and talking through, all right, well, I wasn't able to hit, you know, the five calls that I needed to make or wasn't able to push that proposal through because of X, Y, and Z. Well, let's talk about that. It, It really kind of opens it up to being that team environment where we can help each other. I'm a huge, huge fan of collaboration and learning from each other. We do something similar here. We call them stand-ups. I definitely see the value in that, especially that connection and collaboration needs to continue for the success of the organization, even when people are working from home. That leads me to sort of the next piece, which is like thinking about the business and, you know, business still needs to happen. Deals still need to close. When you think about as a sales leader and what you know your teams are doing, what are some of the ways that we could de-risk deals when the buyers are becoming increasingly uncertain, right? The times are uncertain, the buyers are uncertain, the stock market's tanking. What are some things that you're telling your teams to do or implement to de-risk those deals? So first and foremost, going back to what we were kind of talking about before is we want them to feel comfortable and ensure that they can still find an office space, right? That's what we're selling. And so in these times, it's important to know that hopefully this will pass, right? We're not experts, but we believe that there is going to be a time where you need to find that perfect office space. So let's continue the momentum. And that, like I said earlier, if it's not going out on a meeting, if they're hesitant to meet in person, it's like, we can do a Zoom tour, we can do a virtual tour for you in our case. And so we can kind of bring that experience to them without them leaving you know, their house. So that's one way. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of the ease of, you know, hopefully everything's going to be okay. We're trying to send out, you know, clear messages about actions to take. And I think it'll be telling in the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, hopefully there won't be a big change in the number of sales we bring in because of this. But if there is, we're going to have to figure out a better plan. Yeah, I think a lot of organizations are in the sit and wait period right now. But in thinking about this, you know, we've had 9-11, we've had other, you know, unexpected business disruptions. What has this or, or those sort of past events brought to light about how we need to think about preparing our sales force for the future, right? I mean, do we see a work from home or a virtual uh, world in which sales will only live? Like, how are you thinking about preparing the sales force for the future? Yeah, for me, I'm so old school in the way that I would hate to see it totally be virtual, like totally be a remote workforce. Because I think there's something to say about 
again, going back to culture and that in-person feel of a team. I think there's there's a world where I don't want to see that completely, but I think remote is probably a large part of the sales team. And I think that brings on new technology and you know better working from home companies out there and then tools that will obviously affect our productivity. Something that I've actually heard a couple of organizations do, a sort of dry run of a work from home. So we haven't fully implemented the highly recommended work from home yet. But as far as planning, I think one of the things we're doing, which I'm proud of, and I think interesting is that we're doing a test run. And essentially that is preparing everybody for what it will be like to work from home when they haven't done that before. Because we know working from home presents a lot of challenges. And I'd love your perspective on what you think those challenges are as well. But what I see, I mean, I travel so much for my role. And when I do work from home, I've just been doing it for so many years that I feel actually more productive at home. So I think having the test runs and having individuals that have done it share best practices. And we actually, in addition to the test run, we started to talk about best practices to work from home. And some of the tips are really interesting, like, you know, don't eat at your desk and make sure you go outside. I'd love to hear sort of your perspective on what you think the challenges of working from home are and maybe some of the tactical things that your organization or just you and your career have learned and that you could share on to the listeners. I think the challenges, the number one challenge is the socialization. Typically, salespeople love to socialize. They love to talk. And for me personally, I love the human-to-human interaction. I love just, you know, having that face-to-face quick five-minute meeting instead of a Slack. And so how do we replicate that? How are we able to do that? And again, Slack is great in some ways. And then a quick text and chatting instead of an email. I think you kind of have to force yourself to just like what we started to kind of socialize around the office as we've kind of turned the point now to many more meetings at home and remote is you know, doing the Zoom meetings, but also just turning the video on. A lot of people don't want to put that video on. You have to have that video on. These are the small things, right? Or a happy hour or a social time, maybe once a week or twice a week, where it's from four to five or five to six or whatever time zone works for everybody to get on and just kind of just shoot the shit, right? There also could be like an office hours for your team or for a couple of different teams that work closely together. Everybody has a time slot and they're kind of talking about what they're working on and what their priorities are. And maybe you don't have to come for the whole time. You have to come for your piece, but it's a good chance to hear like what's going on without obviously being in the office, working closely or working next to somebody. So those are the things that we're starting to think about as a company. Love to hear if you guys are doing anything else in particular. Our business unit is mostly remote. So agree. We, we've been doing some of those virtual happy hours. And to your point, it's not about work talk. It's actually, you know, bring your favorite glass of wine or whatever your beverage of choice is. <laughs> I love that. What do you think down the line, the implications of working from home, especially for your organization? Do you foresee any negative implications or what happens if we find out that our sales force becomes more productive. What does that mean for sales? I mean, your case in point, Jess, you said you you feel like you're more productive at home. And I think a majority of people probably feel that way. And so that's great from a sales leadership. I'd love to hear that anything to make our teams more productive. But I think 
just in my case and just at Notel, I think there will be, you know, since we do flexible office, maybe that company doesn't need as big a space as they have right now. And so that for us is an opportunity or they want to kind of, you know, separate some of their teams and their working environments. And so I think there's like still going to be great opportunities coming in. Uh, I don't see it slowing down, but on the productivity as a sales rep, I think that's great. And I think we as leaders have to ensure that it's really happening, right? And making sure that the reps are doing what they need to do, but also sharing how they are being more productive. Like what are they doing in their day that, you know, we can kind of share with the team. So yeah, I think it's a great thing. I think it's just making sure that, and this goes back to culture as a whole, right? Making sure we're hiring people that can do it are hiring the right people. And that's like your number one step of building a great culture. And, and if it's going to be a remote only culture, then you have to build the people that are going to be able to do that. When employees come to organizations, one of the key attributes they look for is that culture, right? And a lot of times up until now, it's been that immersive culture in the office and the environment. But I love that you brought it back to talent because it really is about assessing you know, are you a culture fit, even if you're not in the office? So how, as we're all, you know, always looking to hire great people, how do you evaluate that, Ange? Like, how do you find out if people, you know, fit your culture, but more importantly, can carry on that culture if they're not in the office environment? It's probably the hardest part of a sales leader, I think. And that's just hiring as as a whole, right? No matter how many times I've done it, and I believe I'm good at it, I still think it's, literally the hardest part of my job. And so, yeah, there are some questions I tend to probe into and ask and, you know, kind of really uncover, just peel back some layers on, you know, how they work, you know, how they like to be managed. What is their workflow? What is their touch point with leadership and management? And so it's hard. I try to dig in. I also want them to be really open and willing to talk about like their competitive drive, but also as a team player. As you're running a global sales organization, and we're still kind of going down this tangent of culture, what is some pieces of advice you could give to maybe some first-time sales leaders that are now going to be managing remotely? right? Like this might be a new muscle for them. We've talked about how to sort of hire for these individuals that will work well, but how do we lead them? What are some tips you can share as far as leading individuals or a new team from home? Lead from a place of trust, not control. That's number one. That will go such a long way when people feel that, honestly. And so, yeah, that's my number one. Number two is, you know, get buy-in from them. And this goes from how somebody wants to be managed to what type of sales contests they want to see and want us to run. And so I think it's just getting the buy-in and getting their advice on many things about the org. That to me is really, really important. And then just being really open. That's always been my style. Sales, it's such a huge part of life, right? It's not something we turn off at six o'clock or seven o'clock when we go home, or at least I've never been able to do that. And some of the ultra high performers that I've managed don't do that, right? It's such a large part of who we are. Being open and on it and having this open door policy and being able to talk about things that like, you know what, when you're having a bad month or week or quarter and somebody's able to be like, well, there's some stuff going on at home or, you know, and being, you know, just kind of being there and being able to like hear them and having that trusting environment, I felt like it has gone 
a long way for me. And it's helped, you know, build that bond and trust. I love your statement about coming from a place of trust, not control, because I think there's a lot of fear right now with how are we going to monitor, you know, the activities? How are we going to, you know, celebrate the wins? How are we going to have, you know, coaching conversations, all of these things for individuals that, you know, you just sort of take for granted in your day to day as a leader. But now you have to sort of think about how you're going to do those things you know, when your your reps aren't sitting next to you. And to your point earlier, lots of great technologies out there to help you do that. I kind of want to wrap up in thinking about back to the first question I asked, which was around your new favorite sales book. And I loved what those four pillars were. You said they were empathy, self-awareness, self-control, and drive. Thinking about what those four pillars mean to your organization and how you can sort of strengthen your culture through them. I'd love to hear your thoughts on just the importance of those and maybe some tangible examples for the listeners of what each of those pillars mean. Starting with empathy, I think it's a really good characteristic of salespeople just to be empathetic to the person we're talking to, who we're trying to you know, sell our product to because there should be a need or there should be some pain. And so like feeling that, especially if you really, really do believe in the product you're selling, which by the way, you should be, or you shouldn't be selling that product, FYI. But I think empathy is something that let's just take, for example, Notel, we get in the shoes of our potential customers. We have just in the time I've been at Notel, we've moved offices five times. We will sell the space that we have and we'll move into another office, whether that's Currently, right now, we're in two separate buildings, so sort of like this semi-campus you know, type of environment. And so we get it. When I first got there, we were in hyper-growth mode. We were hiring all the time. And so it was the first time in my life I actually didn't have a desk, and it was just an adjustment. And this is the way the world in which you know office space is going, right? It's more about hot desking and you know creating this different work environment, which is more productive and able to hold people that you know, or in and out of the office. And so we were just kind of busting up the seams and then went into a massive space where I didn't see a lot of the people that I was normally seeing, right? And so anyway, we feel that. And I think it's really important for salespeople to empathize with what they're selling. And so that's one example there. Self-awareness is just, we're probably not, you know, notoriously the most self-aware people sometimes. As leaders, that's our responsibility to maybe open that up a little bit if it's not there. And I think just making sure that they know like what they could have done better on a call or on that, you know, negotiation or whatever's part of the sales process they're really getting stuck in. They have to ask themselves the hard questions, but we also have to as well. Self-control, this one's an interesting one. And I think that's where relating it to the sales process, it's knowing when to ask the right questions or just ask the questions, knowing when to maybe negotiate or bring down that price a little bit to win the deal. I think self-control is more about finding the ways in which you really need to kind of close the deal. Lastly, like I mentioned earlier, sales drive is the grit, it's the mental toughness, it's the passion. It's I just saw something recently on LinkedIn. It's like, what characteristic would you pay the most for for a salesperson? And like by far it's grit for me no matter how good of a leader, a trainer, a mentor, a coach I am, if like you don't have that in you, I can't teach that to you. 
you have to come to the table with a little bit of that. And I'm going to help you grow it. I'm going to help you really believe in it. And so I think at the end of the day, your high performers and maybe your middle of the road performers are able to bounce back quickly from a bad call or bad, like, you know, revenue month. That's that drive. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Yeah, so I'm obviously on LinkedIn, but you can always email me too. It's Ann, J-N-G, at Notel, K-N-O-T-E-L dot com. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.